So discussing from Srimad Bhagavatam, Priscano, second chapter. In this section, Sutta Goswami explaining to the sages the systematic approach to Prem, beginning with Shraddha, then Sarusanga, in the context of which we find our guru and the bhajan life begins under his or her guidance and the beginning of that and so Last night's verse, the night before, so finding the Guru and beginning the life of devotional service. And the first part of that life involves the bhajan, a kriya bhajan life that may not be steady, but as it becomes more steady, then unwanted things, anarthas, are uprooted. And um, when the primary anartha is uprooted, one comes to the next state, which is the what tonight's verse talks about. Nastaprayeshu abhadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya bhagavati uttamashloke bhakti bhavati nashtiki. So Krishna is described here as Uttama Shloka. It's a very nice name. He who is spoken about with the most beautiful poetry, most beautiful verse. And certainly that is the case of Srimad Bhagavatam. So many um, beautiful poetic verses glorifying him. <clears throat> And at the same time, the poetry of the Bhagavatam is beautiful. It is also very uh, profound and grounding. So, it's careful study, this verse says, that will ground us hmm, very much hmm, on the path of bhakti. Hmm such that our progress, as Mahaprabhu has explained, will readily call Prem. So this is a stage we would like to arrive at as an interim goal. Hmm? Mahaprabhu described it in the context of giving the decorum of his devotees, Trinadapi, Sunitjena, Tororapi, Sahishnuna, Amanina, Manadena, Kirtaniya, Sadahari. This is how we should uh, decorate ourselves. Hmm? <laughs> Is that LP? Huh? It's Harini. Harini, oh. <laughs> decorate ourselves with these qualities. Humility, like the tree. Or excuse me, like the grass. Tolerance, like the tree. Offering regard to others and not expecting any honor for oneself. Hmm. And this 
with this kind of ornamentation, sadhu bhushanam. These are the ornaments of the sadhus that beautify them. Then one's practice will be steady. Kirtaniya sadahari. Mahaprabhu said, so one who chants like this, the holy name, beautified by these these qualities, very quickly prem will come. It means, like I said last night, you've kind of reached the top of the mountain, the to, to, and the valley on the other side. Your destination can is 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 glimpsed. Hmm? The the difficult struggle of going up the other side hmm? that has been crossed. And so now it's all downhill from here. One's intelligence is also captured. This beautiful poetry of the Bhagavatam, here it is described, should be studied regularly. Bhagavatam is, of course, the natural commentary on Vedanta Sutra. It is mentioned such in the Guru Prana. There it is said, what? Many things in glorification of the Bhagavatam, Gayatri Bhastya Ruposo, Vedarta Paribrahmita, um, I forget the line, but anyway, in the same verse, it glorifies the Bhagavatam as the commentary on the sutras. And Mahaprabhu took this statement of Guru Prana uh, to heart. Therefore, we find that although he is Krishna, in his Acharya Leela, taking the role of an Acharya, this is his incarnation as an Acharya, if you will, Jiva Goswami has described him in Sarvasambhadini as the founder of his own Sampradaya. We do connect it to the Brahma and the Madhva and so forth, but at the same time, it um, it's, has so much new light invested in it from what was um, understood by Brahma when Krishna um, opened his heart and impregnated him with the Vedic truths and so forth, uh, an elaboration upon that, great detail about that place, Goloki, Shriyakanta Kanta Parama Purusha Kalpataravo, Drumabhumis Chintamani Ganamayi Toyamamatam, Kataganam Natyam Gamanam, Apivamsi Chiramandam, and Enbajesheta Dvipam Tamaham Golokam Mityam. Brahma said, this place is known to very few people. It is called Shvetadvip or Golok and it is the center of Gokul, of the lotus. Very special place. Very few people know about this. And this was revealed to him. And in great uh, detail as to how to go there such that anyone and everyone can go. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's contribution in the same lineage. And it's so great, his contribution in terms of outreach, that in coming as it does, that outreach, out of the inner reach that Gaur-lila is, of, uh, within Krishna, that Gaur-lila is, finds its genesis in. In other words, if we go deep within Krishna Leela, as deep as we can go, we find Gaur Leela. Hmm? 
deep as we go in the Gaur Leela, we find ourselves in the Krishna Leela. Hmm? Krishna as the Vishaya Lambana, Krishna as the Ashraya Lambana. Krishna is the object of love, Krishna as the vessel of love, as Gaur, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Both these sides are there in Goloka. Brahma didn't see that part. Hmm? Goloka. <laughs> but Krishna in his Acharya Leela, coming as a devotee of himself, hmm? and Achar means behavior, so a teaching principally by behavior. This should be the principal method of instruction, for it is said in common English parlance that English, or that, excuse me, that example speaks louder than precept. So, Chaitanya Dev, he emphasizes very much, and we don't find, therefore, from his pen a commentary on the sutras, which is ordinarily what would um, establish a sampradaya, a school of Vedanta, all playing off the Vedanta Sutra, which is the first attempt in human history to make sense out of revelation. This is, of course, the earlier revelation, the Eastern revelation of the Upanishads, a jungle of sounds difficult to sort out that seem to speak about any number of different things, but actually are all speaking in concert about the same thing. And the sutras are Vyasa's attempt to, well, like a sutra, take a thread through all those sounds and show the concordance of them, the unified voice, what they're saying, the, 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 uh, the siddhanta. Hmm. So this is the first attempt in human society at, at theology. It means Theology means to kind of philosophize about revelation. Philosophy and reason tied to revelation. Later on in Western society, um, originally in Western culture also philosophy was just a maidservant, a handmaiden of theology. But gradually it weaned itself, it divorced itself, I should say. Uh, there was a divorce between philosophy and theology. And philosophy went on its own, hmm? on the wings of the mind. Manoratena. And they came up empty. Hmm? Philosophy has come up empty, practically, in, in, in Western uh, society. And some of the leading philosophers will admit that. Hmm? So, that didn't happen, of course, in the, in the East. And so it's fallen behind in terms of creative, uh, mental kind of exercise and gymnastics and so forth. But nonetheless, it has such... Um, Credibility, the philosophy, if you will, the theology of, of Vedanta in the Western world. It captured minds over the centuries in the West of, of great thinkers. That um, was a philosopher, Schopenhauer in Germany, was a, was a scientist who, Schrodinger and his cat, he was a Vedantist actually. Big, uh, I don't know if he was a mathematician, or probably was a mathematician. Um, and others in uh, in, uh, in different fields, so in, in philosophy and in, in, in science and um, so forth. Vedanta is still alive today and, and has currency in the West. There's nowhere that modern science has turned outside of itself, if anywhere, more than to 
Eastern philosophy in its attempt to understand consciousness. Not that it's looked there very much, but to some extent. Hmm. So, at any rate, um, this is the first attempt in human society at um, understanding, making sense out of uh, that sound, revelation, that answer to, I like to put it, the query that human life is about. Why am I? What am I? What is the purpose? And so forth. So this, this is a why question that has to be answered in a different way by a different voice than the how questions, because the how questions all pertain to the body. How to eat, how to sleep, how to mate, how to defend. But the why question is an existential question. Why am I? Hmm? In the first place, something that needs to eat and sleep and mate and defend. So, this is a question of the, the, the consciousness ask that rises in human life. And anyway, revelation is the is the reply to that. So anyway, the sutras to make sense out of that. This was Vyasa's task. And then following him, people wrote commentaries and established some prodigies. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we find he did not. Hmm? Um, in fact, we don't find anything but the eight stanzas of Shikshastaka coming from the pen of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? So he laid emphasis, one on one hand, on example, teaching by example, and on the second uh, hand, on on the Bhagavatam itself, which hmm, is said, as I mentioned in Guru Purana, to be the natural commentary on the sutras by the author of the uh, sutras himself, Vyas. And um, you can go through the Bhagavatam, and you can go through, all, I should say, all the sutras of Vedanta, and you can find verses in the Bhagavatam that correspond with all of the sutras. You know, it really is demonstrable that the Bhagavatam is a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra, the famous beginning, of course, Atatu, Brahma Jignasu, Janmadiyasyataha. This is the same statement of the sutras, Janmadiyasyataha. Bhagavatam begins in the same way. Even in the first verse, you can find all so many of the first so many uh, sutras of the um, of the Vedanta uh, explained, and so throughout the whole book. Um, so um, it's a book, therefore, that, that is full of beautiful poetry, describing Krishna, whose another name is Uttam Shloka. Uttam means the best, and shloka means like verse, so the best verse. He's, the poets have described him. He, his description of him, uh, poetic language best lends to that. It's a language that, that makes life bigger. Hmm? Math tends to make it a little smaller. It's a district, it's a descriptive language in one sense, but it, it offers a description that lends to the idea that we can control the world, bring it under our grasp. And poetry speaks about the world in such a way as to, as to make it seem like we, we can't get a grip on it. It's bigger than the moon has wings and it flies across the sky. You can do that in poetry. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a language more of a participatory language than a than a descriptive language by which we gain energy to contr- uh, uh, insight into a, uh, a tool to control the world which can't all be fully controlled by us at least not in that way hmm? it can't be controlled the whole of the so- its source can be controlled by love 
Love is the is the most powerful controlling agency. No force is more powerful that binds us uh, more completely than love. Krishna rules the world by love and by affection. So, in Bhagavatam, he's described as much as words can do justice to he who is beyond words, beyond thought. Poetically, and a poet, poetry, a poetry that's very profound, so you have to, it causes you to think and to think deeply. So, study of the Bhagavatam, this is, arrests the uh, intellect. Hmm? Again, it's a commentary on the sutras, and the sutras are the logic of the, of the sacred texts, all, all of the sounds of revelation. Sometimes the sutras are called Nyaya Shastra. So it's, it's that writing of the asana, as I said, try to show the logic, the concordance of all these things. So Bhagavatam very much uh, appeals to our uh, intellect. It, it really seeks to, to arrest our intellect. It invites our intellect to apply yourself here. Apply your reasoning here. Ask question and, and, uh, and uh, the Bhagavatam answers in such a way that intelligence gets put in its place, so to speak. Intelligence is, of course, very subtle. It's the upper kind of rim of our material existence from sense objects to senses to, to mind, intellect. We become, we go more and more subtle. And so the intellect is very subtle and, and we identify with it more than we do with our body. If I say, oh, you know, your, your hair is not very beautiful. You may not be very insulted, but if I say you're stupid, then you'll be very much insulted. You know, if I insult your intelligence, you'll take more exception. And if I accept your body, I mean, we've identified with it more. Um, we tend to think that we know by intelligence, hmm? but the comprehensive knowing. <laughs> Cannot be arrived by by intelligence. It kind of gets in the way, as it is the example of Western philosophy of knowing in a meaningful way that one satisfies one. Western philosophy has left people unsatisfied. Is there any goal to philosophy? Hmm? So there is. So when we apply our intelligence in relation to revelation, then that's not to try to understand with intelligence alone, but to have it arrested by the sacred texts and employed by revelation, so to speak. So, bhakti, anyway, this is a formidable task to arrest the intellect, to arrest the mind, the senses is hard enough, but to arrest the intellect as well. So Bhagavatam has done a great job of that, and this verse speaks about that. It says that by careful study of the Bhagavatam, hmm, the implication is your intelligence will be arrested. It will be and this is nishta. So nishta means that the intelligence is fully engaged. Hmm? That makes it difficult to go other, go elsewhere, hmm? to, to stray. You know, it, it, you're cornered, so to speak. Hmm? Um, so to become first become shastravit to know the shastra well. Hmm? That will corner you in such a way that you'll have to practice. Hmm? And develop bhava. So, um, Nishta is very much about this. That despite the fact that the mind may wander, intelligence uh, doesn't allow us to deviate from our practice. 
two things here, two Bhagavatams are mentioned here. Um, well, there are two Bhagavatams, I should say. There's the book Bhagavatam, there's the person Bhagavatam. The verse says what? By hearing the Bhagavatam hmm, and rendering service to the Peter Lloyd's Prophet's translation, it says, Nityam Bhagavatam Seva, so by always serving the Bhagavatam. The idea of the two Bhagavatams that Prabhupada puts into his translation here, which is kind of a purport, if you will, in the translation, comes from Krishna Kaviraj Goswami. He has a beautiful verse that we like to sing. Bande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sohodito Gorodai Pushpavanto Chitro Sando Tamonudo. This is his second Namaskar verse in his Mangala Charan that the auspicious preface or invocation to the Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's the specific Namaskar verse that identifies the deities presiding over his book, Bandei Shri Krishna Chaitanya. So, Nityananda Sahodito, Gaura Nityananda. And when he begins to explain the verse in the first chapter, he says that this they they come together. They they they, are, they come at the same time. That's a wonderful two at the same time, uh, and and they like the sun and the moon to, to give an idea of how rare that would be. Both rising at the same time, what kind of light that would shed, and there's tomo, darkness in the heart of calm for dharma artha, calm moksha vansha, desire for dharma artha calm and moksha. So this is all darkness. And the light that they shed that destroys that darkness is some though it's complete. They have this complete light is so bright. What is that light? It is the light of Prem, love. How the Prema Pumartumahan, the Panchama Purushartam, the fifth goal of life, beyond even moksha. Uh, if, uh, even moksha is considered dark, what to speak of Dharma, Artha, and Kama. Hmm? in comparison to Prem. And so he says, how do you get that Prem then? Hmm? So he says, Dui Bhagavata. Hmm? There are two Bhagavatas. There is the Grantha, Raj, the great Grantha, the great scripture, Srimad Bhagavatam. And then there is the, the Bhakta, hmm? who is full of spiritual sentiment, hmm? who embodies the spirit of the Bhagavatam. So the Gaur and Nityananda, they arrange that we come in touch with these two Bhagavatas and through the agency of these two Bhagavatas, this brain comes. So Prabhupada has included it in here in his explanation. And earlier Acharyas have as well, Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. So we'll serve the book Bhagavatam by regularly hearing the Bhagavatam and we should be hearing it from somebody, <laughs> ideally. Uh, a person with, with realization, nivrtitarshaya upagiyamana bhavosarat chotramano viramat kautama shloka gunano arnanam vinat virajita vinat pashuganat puman virajita vinat pashuganat nivrtitarshaya, this is um, Sukadev, naked. It means he had no interest, no desire. He was oblivious even to how he how he dressed, so how much internally he must have been absorbed. This example is there, the speaker of the Bhagavatam. Even Vyas came to listen 
to his son speak after he had taught him the Bhagavatam. Hmm? So, a qualified speaker um, to hear from him and to render service to such a person. This is... Uh, we can cheat ourselves by studying the Bhagavatam, but it will be difficult to cheat ourselves by serving the person Bhagavatam. Pujapad Sridhar compared the scripture here, Srimad Bhagavatam, for example, as a passive agent of divinity and the sadhus as active agents of divinity who can actually go after us and make sure we understand uh, and um, that we're not deceiving ourselves. And we find a lot of this, of course, people citing the Bhagavatam and Hiranyakasipu said this. You know, so what, what's the, where was the context? What what does it mean? And so if you don't just pull a verse out anywhere. So who's 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 schooled in that, who understands how the book works, what what is the poetic license that's taken? What is the what are the stories trying to say and what is the purport of them and so on and so forth. This kind of company, uh, we should hear the Bhagavatam in, in, in that Sangha. And such Sangha, that such devotee, this person is worth saving, serving, they're worthy of service. Therefore, as we heard earlier, Samhat Sevaya Vipra Sevaya. Samhat Seva. So, by serving him. So, there's service to the person Bhagavatam and service to the book Bhagavatam. And it should be Nityam. Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. Regularly, Prabhupada translates, always. Hmm? To become consistent in this, so get your head on straight, so to speak. Your intelligence will be arrested, and then, Nityam Bhagavati Seva Bhagavati 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 Uttama Sloka Bhakti Bhavati. Naishtiki. Naishtiki means nishta. This is the idea. Nishta. Nishta means steady. So, steady in one's service. What does it mean? Word steady, steadiness is given. You will arrive at that. First line of the verse tells us what that steadiness involves in a general sense. It involves being freed from certain things that are not enabling us, not allowing us to be steady. Distractions. Hmm? Distractions means false values, unartha. Hmm? Uh, false values. So we are attracted to false values. The real value is uh, is 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 is, uh, is um, Bhagavan's seva, hmm? and of course, going about it in a systematic way. But we have had we have come from somewhere else with so other values, other things that we think are important. And these anarthas have been described by Vishwanath Chakriti Thakur. They kind of put them into a fivefold category. Anarthas coming from good karma, anarthas coming from bad karma, anarthas that come from bhakti. In the context of doing bhakti, you might get famous and you might ride the wave of your fame rather than stay in the ocean of bhakti and then you go to the shore so to speak so we should be careful about that and then our narth is coming from aparad offense that's four four kinds I guess is there another four basic categories sukritartha duskritartha bhakti 
as he said, Bhaktiartha. And and again, those that come from Aparad. So, of course, the most difficult ones are to overcome are those that come from offense. So those aren't the ones that will be removed in, in their entirety in the stage of Nishta. But those that come from good and bad karma, they will be. So in Nishta, we won't be carried away by our inheritance. Hmm? It might come to think, hey, I'm doing okay now. Hmm? And I've seen it take devotees out of the stream of, of bhakti, so to speak, hmm? intoxicated by that. Hmm? Or or by the, you know, the, the troublesome things that come from our um, uh, bad karma that we may have to perse- persevere to an extent, some minimized form of that. Hmm? So those, anyway, that will be relieved from them in the stage of nishta. Um, and and because we'll be attentive, then those coming from bhakti, hmm, yeah. you, you, you can find, this is talking about madhyam, madhyam adhikar, you can find them crying in public, tears will come, and, and, and you make Let them come and and know that people will think you're advanced. You may ride that way if it happens. This is this is to be, be avoided. So it can happen. So one has to persevere and get beyond it. And then, of course, the aparads, the anarthas coming from aparads will carry in, even into bhava. If it's Vaishnava aparad, hmm? even in the stage of bhava, that's what makes. One, one way in which we determine the distinction between Bob and Prem, some Aparad is still there. So, uh, so these, these, these have to be very much avoided. Therefore, we can look at material desires hmm, that come from good or uh, from our karmic implications um, as kind of sins of the flesh. But Aparadha sins of the soul. So the soul, in, ba- in Bhava Bhakti, the soul is bared now. Hmm? You're living in the soul world. Still, something is holding you back because this is like a, like a mortal sin. The other are like venial sins or something. I mean, I was a kid, as a Catholic, when they told us about sin, I envisioned this a golden thing called the soul and it had, it had little little marks on it that could be erased. They'd be venial sins and they had like a big black mark on it. Then be like a mortal sin. Those would be avoided <laughs> at all costs. Something like that. So so at any rate, the, 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 the Nishta stage is one in which the basic anarthas are removed. It'll be elaborated upon a little bit in the next verse. Something like you open a box of camphor there's no camphor, but there's still a scent of camphor there. Hmm? So the, the plug is unpulled, to use Prabhupada's analogy, but the wheel may still go around. You may see some, we have our characteristics, our natures and so forth. Sometimes we may be a little unbecoming or uncouth um, <laughs> and not whatever, even politically correct, but we may be advanced in bhakti on the stage of, of, of nishta. There may be some things that that uh, remnants of, of uh, now having been plugged in, so to speak, 
to the world of the mind that remain, but they don't affect one's bhakti. They may be there, but they're not affecting. So we have to be careful in analyzing devotees. We may see a bad quality, but it may not affect his or her bhakti. So it's there, but it's unplugged. So it's some fan still going around a little bit. So at any rate, this is an, a, 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 a practical interim goal. Prem is lofty, and we should have some idea about that, some hope about that, some aspiration for that. But Mahaprabhu says, as you get here, Prem will come. Hmm? If you don't get this far, and that means if you don't, if you can't bend like this, in, humbly, and bow your head, hmm? Uh, as you tread the path, then the other kinds of transformations in bhava that they're talking about, they, they will never come. Hmm? So, this is an important stage to arrive at. We look at it as kind of an interim goal. Again, Mahaprabhu said, standard of humility has to be cultivated in the standard of tolerance. The honoring of others will help us to overcome the desire for honoring ourselves. We should find ways to honor others, to serve other Vaishnavas and so forth without being known for, noticed for it. Sometimes we honor others and we, with the hope that they'll notice and, and honor us in public, something like that. And we, we, we can kind of contaminate our honoring of others. So to go and you know, secretly bring the shoes and put them there for any Vaishnava. Clean the shoes of someone. Who clean my shoes? Something like that. <laughs> so, at any rate, um, this is, a, as I say, a good and practical goal for devotees to focus on. And having arrived there, then one's chanting will be steady, one's practice will be steady, and taste will come. So, taste is the subject of the next verse. Any questions tonight? Here one is not perfectly cleansed. Nasta pressure abandreshu. Almost so many, the main problems. Wouldn't that be good, you think? Wouldn't that be? And the problems are all these, their desires, their false values, their distractions. How can you expect to be steady in your, in your practice when you think you've got so many other important things to do? Coming here to a place like Madhavan, you think those things kind of evaporate. There are so many important things, and the world's calling on a, in the Western world, in the, in, the, in, the, in the first world countries, it's just like, something's about to happen, and it's important. That's for sure. It's just about to happen, and it's important. There's going to be a war. There's going to be an earthquake. There's going to be a, a, new, a new president. There's going to be, the, the president's going to be defrocked. This, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. The economy's going to evaporate. The stock market's going to increase. Something's going to happen. It's the big apple, you know. It's, it's just, about, just about to happen. Keep tuned to the news. It's just about to happen. And things do happen and then they go away and they happen over again, another form, another form, and so forth. So unplug from all that. The world like out there is very um, powerful. Now it's difficult. When I was younger, there was a time in, 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 in my devotional life that I didn't know who the president was. I think it was maybe Ford or something like that. Now that I, you know, think back about it, Nixon was in a big, you know, scandal and so forth, and you know that was a huge issue. And 
I never even really understood it. And I thought, the water gate. I don't know, there was water, something got in the gate. Or, you know, I, it sounds silly, but that's how, you know, how absorbed you could get in bhakti in, uh, under good guidance as we had of Prabhupada. It kept us pretty busy. But of course, there wasn't the glut of information that's available today that, you know, you just write on your desktop. There's all the information you could possibly want and more, more than you need. And everybody's getting us. Everybody's bombarded with it, and and so you know so many details that you don't even need to know about. So coming to a place like Madhavan is so so nice in that regard. Hmm? Very conducive for hearing and chanting. Hmm? Once you get the basic infrastructure <laughs> in place. <laughs> so <clears throat> no distractions. Hmm? Distractions. Um, desires in the heart, yes. How, how is it possible to sit and be steady in practice? So, out of sight, out of mind, there's some wisdom to that. The Goswamis found beautiful, serene places to do their bhajan in the Braj. They weren't like on a street corner. Now it's real, it's the thing. If you get your moth at near Sevakunj, you know, Radhadamadar, the center of the Vrindavan, you've got, there it is, you'll pay anything for that. And the prices are sky high and so forth. Because you've got that piece of real estate right there. There's something to be said for that, but the Goswamis were finding places that were very conducive to their bhajan. Sanatana hmm? Goswami's place up on the hill, you can see the delta, Jumna about delta, Terkadamba, Rupa Goswami's bhajan. Such beautiful, serene, peaceful places. Hmm? No traffic jams, horns, um, you know, what do they call those things? Phonographs, tapes, whatever. I remember we had a, we had an ashram there. Shingamaraj and I and the neighbors next door had a wedding, three-day wedding. Oh, my God. They played music nonstop for 24 hours a day for 72 hours. And Shingamaraj got so fed up, he said, he sent one of his disciples and said, tell them, either you turn that out, off or I curse your son to, you know, to lose his testicles or something like that. You know, they would become impotent, which is like, oh my God, son's going to become impotent and he's just getting married, you know. <laughs> they turn it off. <laughs> so, but <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, it's a shame. <clears throat> so... Yeah, first. Oh, your first child will be born without testicles or something like that. Born, yeah, Kirsten. My dynasty. Oh no. So uh, anyway, here we try to create a very conducive environment for for becoming steady in our bhajan. All right, we'll stop there. Grantras Sriman Bhagavatam ki jai. Sisi Gopal ki jai. Si Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Si Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Bhakti Dukshaksida Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Si Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai, Si Bhakti Vinod Parivar ki jai, Gaur Bhaktivedanta Gaur Premanande Hare.